0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today, I'm here with Mitchell of Chase Atlantic. Hi. <laughs> so, were you bo- where in
1: Australia exactly were you born? Um, I was born in Cairns, Queensland, Australia. Oh. It's like the pointy bit. Yeah. Like over, if you imagine Australia, that top right pointy bit. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. It's very hot. Um, not a lot of people. 200,000 people live there. Um, growing up, whole life. Didn't really expect to be doing the things that mm-hmm. we're doing today, but... Yeah,
0: are your parents originally from parents
2: as well?
1: Yeah, um, well my dad's from, from Newcastle in Australia and, and mom comes from a, um, an island over near the, the Congo and uh, Madagascar called our Seychelles.
0: Oh wow, yeah. So, but they met or like how did that happen? They
1: met because my mom came to Cairns and dad was driving boats and
0: the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. What careers do they have?
1: Um what well, careers? Yeah. So dad used to drive boats and then I guess he kind of worked his way up the ranks. He started a family. He was like a skipper mm-hmm. making ends meet and then he kind of like because he worked in that industry for so long, you know, he's like the general manager. He doesn't have to go out anymore. He kind of just oversees everything. Yeah. And um mum's always just been like a good a good mum, but now she's working at a and, uh, first response. It's like a they save people's lives. Yeah. And stuff. But wow, that's, that's hoping, a difficult job. I'm hoping that soon I can. Yeah. Pe- be able to make enough money so they don't have to do that mm-hmm. anymore.
0: Who? Where do you say you got
1: your creative side from? Oh, it's tough. I don't know. I feel like my, my dad's a little tone deaf. <laughs> he can't sing at all. Um, mom's always been. We've, we've been growing up with music our whole entire lives. Like mom's very musical. Our grandfather's very musical. Um, we've just had a lot of music in our lives, like, every party we ever had was just filled with classical music, with vinyls, like, French records, like, all the old-time stuff.
2: hmm
0: And I read in a previous interview, were you, like, an opera singer, or...? No! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know why you read that. I've never been an opera singer. Or, like, a classical singer? I was, like,
1: classically trained, like, in in school, because I had, like, a vocal coach, and, like, I used to sing... Uh, I guess it's it's not opera, but, like, just, like, very formal, like, Italian songs, and so I had to, like, focus on my breathing. <laughs> like, if my if my music teacher, my, my vocal teacher saw me today, she'd be so disappointed. <laughs> she'd be like, You'd learnt, you didn't keep anything that I taught you.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. So were you performing a lot, or
1: with uh, that? I was performing, it's like... It's
0: kind of random, though. It's I different,
1: see. though, because, like, you, I was performing at places where the old people sit down. Yeah. And...
0: How did you even, like, think of... Getting into, like, classical in, Italian.
1: It was just part of the, I was like, I was like a, just, I was, I guess since since primary school I was in choir and then the vocal teacher was like, I, I like your voice, I want to teach you a little more and then I got fully into that whole kind of thing. But so, now in the grand scheme of things, it seems like such a small part of my
0: life. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you learned a lot from that with your singing now? I did, but at the same time... It
1: helped me because it I, I made me focus on pitch more. I feel like if anything, I can sing and pitch better because of that. But uh, none of the breathing techniques or like the vowel enunciations I kept. like It's all very scrappy now.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you describe your personality back then growing up? Oh,
1: I was kind of reclusive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of the, the shy kid in school but i had I had a good group of friends around me um wasn't like a loner or anything like that mm-hmm. but uh and so then towards you, the yeah. end of towards the end of school um, i started smoking weed and then be- became even more reclusive
0: <laughs> did you like school like were you good at it i i mean i was
1: i was i was okay at it i got a pretty good score at the end i graduated high school like mm-hmm. i went to university for 2 years to Go study where? sound engineering in brisbane mm. and um that in general, like like the vocal coaching, like to compare the two, it taught me things, but at the same time, it didn't really teach me anything that I'm using now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the production um, course taught me about how to, basically, how to explain the things that I was doing on my computer, <laughs> like in a technical way. Yeah. Rather than saying, oh, I was like making beats, you can be like, I was using like, um, Threshold compression and, and like Baseline EQing and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Just like I was just learning terminology basically
0: Yeah Did you realise that you were going to have a career in music? I think I always
1: I didn't re- It was never like a re- It's only now becoming a realisation mm-hmm. I never really I always wanted to have a career in music But um You never like ex- You can't have your expectations too high But at the same time the drive was was there enough So we were, we were like We, we we're going to make this happen Mm-hmm. Like you have to work really hard at it, so that's what we did. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So were you and Clinton always like feeding off each other with music, or how was it?
1: When I was when I was about twelve years old, um, he was he started doing production first, so he was recording like himself on saxophone. Yeah. And like recording it over like like songs that were were out at that time, like 2012, like all the classic songs, like Lady Gaga and shit like that. <laughs> Were but he was like, duo? he was like, I'm going to record you, you singing. And I still, I wasn't that good of a singer. I was like 12 or something, but we recorded it. And I remember that was the first time we ever like encountered like auto pitch correction. Mm-hmm. It's like auto tune now, but it was like inbuilt pitch correction.
0: Yeah,
1: and I was like, this is cool. And then we found out about reverbs, delays and like all these vocal effects you can have.
0: hmm. Were you guys ever a duo? Yeah, we were. I mean, at one point, like
1: we were making YouTube covers together. But it was under like clinton cave music
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um it was it was always just like a side thing you know what i mean we were just doing it for the fun of it yeah and then when we met christian we were like we're gonna take this seriously we got something really good here
0: yeah and so you bonded with him over skrillex
1: yeah we met um we met in in sydney and um we like probably about three sentences in we started talking about we started talking about Skrillex and how much we were into, like, his production and how good... Because, like, Skrillex was so ahead of his time in terms yeah. of production. The sounds he was making. And not everyone's into, like, that whole dubstep thing. But at the time, like, we were so into it. And he was just so far beyond his years in terms of production value and, like, sonic kind of psychoacoustics and that kind of mm-hmm. thing.
0: So was that like, a event that you guys met? Or, like, what was the...
1: We were flown over by uh, Matt... Uh, a manage, uh, management man or whatever you call him, <laughs> was uh he found some he found a couple of people on YouTube. They flew him to Sydney to kind of like um like I guess like scout us.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: we met and we were like this is good what we have here. Like it was just it's a blessing that it happened really. Mm-hmm. We were like um Christian and I were in some like uh cool boy band when we were younger. Oh yeah,
0: from like from the YouTube. We went on like X Factor. Oh, so this was way before. This is way before. This was when,
1: guys... this when okay. we were like 14, 15.
0: Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And like we went pretty far to like we were in like top 10. Yeah. But like well, actually, it all means nothing. By the way, that like shows like that. As soon as you go on a show like that, people think that oh, I have a career now. Not not at all. Yeah. We had to ditch that whole thing and start from scratch mm-hmm. like we knew nothing we just knew how to cover songs yeah we didn't know about writing we didn't know how to produce properly yet and so we stuck our heads down and we we left that group it was just us three and we're like this is perfect mm-hmm. this.
0: actually what made you want to join like x-factor was it like your parents kind of thinking that's how you would kickstart your career no or? like
1: parents my parents are, are very kind of very casual they're like they're kind of like we don't want you to be disappointed like we like they're kind of concerned about the show you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they're not the type of parents that are like look at my kid look at my kid like look at my like look what my kid can do you're gonna be a star kid it was more of just like hey mom dad i want to try to do this thing and they've always been supportive but they're like just if you're gonna do it do it properly like they weren't like pushing any agendas, if anything they probably would have loved if I graduated university and, <laughs> and, and studied law or something.
0: <laughs> and so were you balancing like studying like audio engineering? Yeah. University gave me a,
1: a reason to figure out how to like really produce and song write because I would, it, it gave me two years of my life where I wasn't obliged to do anything, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go. I didn't have. A, I didn't need a job because I was going to university. I was studying. I, I, I. When I in my free time, that's when I learned everything. So like, it was a blessing to go to university because I've learned some stuff, but it was. It gave me time to really learn things when I didn't have to go there Yeah. because I didn't have to. I had no other obligations,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is which was really cool.
0: Were you guys already gaining fans while you were at school?
1: Um, we like we had a. A, a fan, a kind of a fan base going from before, but when we restarted, like from scratch, like change up, just restarted our whole lives. Um, we had to basically start from scratch again. So.
0: And you ditched like the old management, and you try to. Yeah,
1: out. we didn't even have management. It was oh. just we just started our whole new project in and in a whole new way of approaching music, and mm-hmm. and that's just the way it was. It was kind of going. So.
0: And how did you get your music out there initially?
1: Um. We went to like TuneCore or something. Like so we we produce everything ourselves. We write everything ourselves. Like everything's done by just us three.
0: But so how did people find?
1: You yeah, guys? so we we made our first EP, the Dylans EP, because um it was it was kind of Clinton's university project. We had to make original songs.
0: Oh, so you guys started out from a school project. Yeah, basically. That's so cool. Now it's like this huge career. Yeah, I love that.
1: And so Clinton was like. Christian Mitchell, because I was still living in Cairns, Clinton was living in Brisbane, Christian was in Sydney, and so we we all, we all flew to Brisbane, and because Clinton had his little home studio sub so there, and um, by that time, Christian and I had started, like, really starting to produce, and so we, like, helped Clinton with this project, and then it was like, just, if, good, if you're going to do it for a project, may as well turn it into a career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so, the, yeah, so yeah.
0: And it's not something that I always ask Trios but what do you like about Christian's personality?
1: It's a very big heart. Is mm. the, the one of the biggest hearts I've ever, I've ever known in a person. It's very accepting and loving. How about your brother? He is my brother. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my brother is my brother. Like, it's it's kind of, we, we love each other, but, like we uh we are we share the same minds. We're, we're like the same person. You know what I mean? Mhm. So I guess the trait I like about Clinton. <laughs> And Christian, like all three of us, we have the same ideologies and the same the same kind of passion and, and, and determination and drive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then how did you meet your management after? Um, so we came to L.A.
1: like a, a long time, well, probably about four or five years ago, and we just had no idea what we were doing. We got flown over by a management company, a different management company, and they were interested in us.
0: How old were you guys at this point? 17, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Clinton would have been like 20 something, and then um, they kind of sh- showed us around to a few different labels, and we weren't ready yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We were kind of still, still green, and and we didn't have a lot, a lot to offer. So like we we had that whole experience, and we left LA, and like that was kind of that was kind of strange. But we had to we had to do it. That was like the the point where we had to. We had to go out and see LA for the first time and see if anything was possible, to see if you could follow a career in music. Mm-hmm. And we went back to Australia. Nothing happened. And then um, Joe and Benji from Good Charlotte um, heard our music online. How and big then, were you guys at this point? I mean, I think we had like... <sighs> 50,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, maybe. Were they mostly Australian
0: or international already? I think
1: I think they were, like, half Australian, half, like, U.S., half international, I guess. And then, um, yeah, from that point on, was they hit us up on Twitter, and they said, we want to fly you guys out to L.A. and put you in a studio. I want you guys to write. And then we were like, oh, that's a really cool opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so we, we came out here. We jumped in the studio every day. They gave us like two months and we just worked every single day to prove to them that we could like make it worth their while, you know what I mean? hmm And then they took us around to a few different labels and then they eventually got us a record deal with uh, with Warner Brothers, which is about two two years ago.
0: Yeah. What does love mean to you? What does love mean yeah. to me? Ah jeez, never <laughs> been asked
1: that. Um it's very complicated. Because I love so many people, but in, in different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you always love your family. Um, love, love to me is is being able to live freely and and not kind of judge anyone based on what they do or like impose them or tell them what they can or can't do, especially in a relationship as well. Yeah, I feel like love. Is giving them the freedom and never judging them, and even if they do something wrong, being able to forgive and accept that kind of that kind of behavior, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So love, and love is love. Like you can't you can't fight the feeling. You know, I'm pretty sure that's a song, right? No one <laughs> so can fight many the songs. feeling.
2: <laughs>
1: and you just you feel love, you feel love. But lo- love to me in general is a, is a beautiful beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So now I'm with Christian of Chase Atlantic. Hello, how you <laughs> doing? <were> really good. <laughs> so where in Australia initially were you born?
3: Uh, I was born in Sydney, Seaforth. Oh, OK. Uh, and then I moved to Freshwater, which is a beautiful beach area on the northern beaches.
0: For your parents' job that you moved, or?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I just it's very, very close oh, okay. to it. But they just um, they wanted to be closer to the beach. Originally, I was in like a little secluded Kind of area that I could, couldn't really get out and about.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, moving to the beaches was definitely nicer.
0: What, what's your parents' careers?
3: Uh, so they are both retired now. My father was in was in a band when he was, when oh, he was
0: younger. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah,
3: Good Dog. Um, but then he went into film and television, and he worked for this channel called Channel 10 over in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then he actually hired my mum. Yeah, so my mom was doing uh, marketing and advertisement and yeah. that's how they met. And then they got married, and then a few years they had my brother, and then a few years later had me.
0: Mm, yeah. So I guess that's where you got, because you were doing like rock really early on already. Yeah. This was like, from your dad.
3: Yeah, 100%. The, um, yeah, he just, when I was growing up, he just locked me in the car and just played me like Marilyn Manson, <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, King Crimson, which is now one of my favorite bands. Yeah, no, he was a big influence on me, oh. music-wise.
0: Mm-hmm. And how about, do you feel like you got a creative side from your mom, too? or?
3: Yeah, oh, I mean, she's, she's the best. She's the sweetest sweetest lady you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got my manners and I'm trying to be polite to people from her, for <laughs> sure. I don't, know if I, I, I don't know if I got that side from my dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At what age did you start picking up instrument?
3: Um, I started playing piano when I was, uh, like, six, seven. Always had lessons but I was I wasn't really a big fan of piano at the start. I always wanted to play drums. So I started playing drums, probably mm-hmm. like eight. I was a drummer pretty much my whole life, yeah.
0: Oh wow, so you were in tons of bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Not not tons, but <laughs> definitely I had a fair few before um before Chase Atlantic. I had Laker and Oh, uh, I can't remember the other one. Oh, speakeasy, no. speakeasy. Oh, that's cool. Laker was a cool one, though. It was just a group of friends from school, and we just would just play at parties and stuff, which was fun.
0: Were you doing original music, or were, was that mostly uh, covers? That was,
3: that was mostly covers, but I think we had, like, one or two originals. Oh, were,
0: but uh, it's not, people can't find it, right? Nah, people, could, like, nah <laughs> people couldn't find it.
3: People <laughs> couldn't find it. It's named, uh, Laker was the, the dog that Russia sent to, to space. Yeah. We just thought that was a really cool <laughs> concept, like... <laughs> really crazy that Russia just sent a dog into space. <laughs> yeah, so we called it Leica.
0: How do you describe her personality back then, growing up? Uh,
3: honestly, I was—I uh, wasn't the nicest kid in high school. I sometimes regret how I how I was towards people. I didn't know, and I was—I was arrogant. I didn't know enough about the world and mm. how to treat people. So yes, definitely, I've, I feel like I could have been a better person in high school, but I. I feel like I'm trying to improve myself and be nicer to people and the more that I've grown up and matured, I think that that's helped. And also, Mitchell and Clinton are such loving and yeah. caring people. But yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't was the, the biggest fan yeah. of myself in high school.
0: What was the turning point that you were more self-aware?
3: Probably coming to America or touring.
0: Oh, like way just, later then? Yeah,
3: yeah. I just wasn't like in, all the way up until year 12. I just wasn't the best person.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I guess just growing up, maturing and seeing the world and realizing it doesn't, there's no point in being a, a bad person or mm-hmm. just being mean. There's no point. Because you don't, you just be nice and be happy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot you, better.
0: Did you like school, though?
3: Yeah, actually, you I did. You did well. Love, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I did all right. <laughs>
3: I could have done better. Um, I was, I had my heads in the clouds just thinking about being the band and, Wanted to write songs. and always wanted to do music, so I was always thinking about that. But mm-hmm. I, I actually had a really good school. I went to Mossman High School. Uh, they're very accepting of performing arts and stuff for a high school. Uh, there's people like Naomi Watts, um, Flume, uh, Gang of Youth, all came from there. Oh wow! So, yes, yeah, so like really. Really cool school, really nice teachers and it's like the only school in Sydney with no uniform. Oh wow. Yeah, so I had no uniform. I used to have long hair and I -hmm. could keep my hair long.
0: And then, at what
3: age did you guys actually meet? Uh, The the boys? Yeah. Uh, So 2012, so I was 14 I think. Oh wow. Yeah, I met him 14 and we bonded over Skrillex.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is
3: that that insane? saying? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, we just really, I don't know why, we were just obsessed with the guy.
0: That's interesting, because I would think then did you try to make EDM?
3: Yeah, 100%. Mitchell's really good at doing EDM. He uh, he's kind of started. He started doing remixes of other songs, and that's how he became a really good producer. Clint and Mitchell, actually, the first day we met, they showed me like, a dubstep song they made, and it was trash. If you're watching this, it sucked. <laughs> no, it was actually... I remember, I remember hearing it, and my first thought was just I was impressed that they were able to finish a song because I couldn't do that back then. Mm-hmm. I could just couldn't, I could never finish work. I just could never, I was never happy with how it would sound. So now that with these two guys, it's just, just we all help each other to finish beautiful songs.
0: Mm-hmm. So actually what clicked you guys to like form a band and convert to like an EDM trio? Or you didn't like EDM that much, <laughs> yeah. you liked stuff
3: more. Um, so Mitchell and I were in like a boy band and Clinton and Mitchell had been doing stuff for ages. I was always a fan of Clinton's producing because Clinton was the main producer at the start. Mm-hmm. He's still the main guy that does all the vocals. Like he's he's an expert at uh, vocal production, and um, yeah, we did we did like covers and stuff for like uni projects, mm-hmm. and it just it just was so natural. Nothing felt forced, and we just we just yeah we you know we were 15, 14, 15, um, and we just had so much fun. You know, we'd steal alcohol and go to the garage and record music like. Mm-hmm. It was just a really beautiful process, the way it all happened. And then we just decided, like, should we give it a name? And we gave it a name and kind of officially formed in 2014. Yeah. When we were a little older. And then we started writing Dalliance. And we were really inspired by the 1975
2: mm-hmm.
3: and, like, the neighborhood. And that's why we became a band.
0: Mm-hmm. At what point of your careers were you guys when you met Good Charlotte?
3: Ah, very early on. Still very young. I think I was 17. Mm-hmm. They, um, they emailed us first, and we were, we were just like, that. there's no way that's them. So we, I think we ignored it. <laughs> yeah, I think Clinton was like, I don't reckon it's them, so we didn't reply. Mm-hmm. And then um, he just hit us up on the Twitter DMs, and with his little tick, we're like, oh, okay, it might actually be him. <laughs> and he just, you know, there was, there was no promise of working together. There's nothing like that. He was just was like, I want to meet you guys. I want to take you out to dinner. So I actually met him by John and Benji by myself the first time in Sydney.
0: Oh, they had a show there?
3: Yeah, they were on The Voice. They were the judges on oh, The Voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're big, big celebrities in Australia. Mm-hmm. They're like the Justin Biebers of Australia. Yeah. They took me to a cafe, and I was, like, really nervous, and I was, like, shaking, and I dropped the cap on the ground, and I was too embarrassed to pick it up, so I just oh was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I remember being really nervous to meet them. Yeah. I was by myself, um, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't have... My friends for confidence to talk. and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, but they were just so sweet and just kept saying, just how they were fans. And they didn't. They didn't even really want to work together mm-hmm. with, with us because we were with other people at the time. And then they just flew us out to LA, gave us a place to stay, gave us a recording studio which we'd never had. Everything we produced was just in a bedroom. Oh wow. So they, they just took us onto their wing, and it's kind of funny. We've actually this whole time we've been working together, we've never actually signed a deal with them. Oh, we've never, we've never like made it official mm-hmm. until uh, about last week on their birthday. We officially
0: no way. Yeah. Wait, so how many years later is that?
3: Probably about four four years. Whoa. Yeah, we were working <laughs> together for four years, just you know, just on um, good faith, I guess. You know, we were. Given them a percentage, obviously, but it was... Nothing was official, but it was just... The love and connection and what they've done for us and, you know, what we hope to do for them and their company. Mm -hmm. And watching them build their company, because we were one of the second bands.
0: Yeah.
3: It just, it didn't need the contract. It didn't need it, but it's nice that it has it now.
0: Mm -hmm. Actually, back then, did you have any mentors? Like, how did you figure out the whole music industry?
3: Or Um, who to trust, basically? Well, you never know who to trust. Yeah. That's... You'll never... There's no algorithm to figuring out who to trust. I had a mentor, um, a jazz musician, uh, Sir Rory J. Thomas. He taught me a lot about music industry and fusion of genres. He, could, he mm-hmm. was telling me how he could see the future of music was genreless based music that just incorporates all sorts of different things. He passed away, but um, I, think, I think he'd be really proud of of how yeah. we've incorporated different music mm-hmm. and then mentors when it comes to business Joel and Benji they're really smart yeah everybody loves them because they're so nice and honest and caring so I think just from what they've taught us have just got to be polite to the crew treat everyone with respect like they do and um, yeah and that's why they've got such a good name for just being great guys mm-hmm. and that's why people want to work for them and work with them
0: yeah and then how did you meet Warner?
3: How did we meet Warner? Yeah, <laughs> I've never met Mr. Warner. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just we dropped by one day. We had n- no idea. We had all these other labels that were interested.
0: Was this after, like, way after the the or like how?
3: Uh, this was after Nostalgia. We just started working on the album.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We had no- <laughs> we had no intentions of we d- like we didn't even know they wanted to meet up with us, and we kind of had these other labels in our heads but I think Benji was like let's just stop by and have a meeting and we played um I think it was Dan I guess Dan was Mr. Warner (laughs) and we played it to him and he was this really cool guy like kind of kind of like a hippie almost like he had like incense going and he had these really beautiful crazy speakers and he just sat on the floor like Mm cross-legged and we just played the album and at the end of it he just got up and he said He was like, I don't care if I have to spend $10 on the album or X amount on the album. He's like, but I'm getting this album somehow. So, yeah, so that's how that went down. And then, unfortunately, a lot of CEO changes and stuff happened. Mm -hmm. And we're no longer with Warner. Mm -hmm. But uh, the relationship didn't end badly. It's like um, like if you're a girlfriend and a boyfriend, but it's like a mutual decision. And everyone's on good terms, mm-hmm. which I think is, is such a healthy way for it to end, especially with our first label. Mm-hmm. You don't want hear so many stories about people hating their labels, but we're we're not really like that.
0: Yeah, is it difficult from going from being with a whole label and then being like just you guys again?
3: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. so it definitely. It, it definitely. Is. It's great to be that independent again, and that's and that's awesome. But um. You know, when you, start, when you start realizing that there's no label behind you anymore and there's, it's harder to get visas, it's harder to come oh, back, yeah. it's harder to get accommodation, mm-hmm. it's a lot tougher. But we persevered and Mitchell and Clinton and I just ended up paying for everything ourselves. And that's, that's how it's been, you know. That's, even on this album, it's just you know, us flying ourselves out, get, paying for our own place. So it's definitely tough because it's all just on Mitchell, Clinton and I now. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess that's what being independent is, you know? Yeah And it's definitely helped us grow and focus on the music a little bit more And we've learnt a lot about business that we didn't know before So mm-hmm. I guess it made us a little wiser
0: Yeah So what? where do you think you got most of your momentum from?
3: Uh, probably Friends was mm-hmm. the, the big start Yeah I think we were just in like a bunch of like edits on Tumblr or something I think it became like a big song on Tumblr Yeah so that was a break, I guess. Like that was the first song that we ever hit a million on.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, well, I guess that wasn't planned then, right? If it was on Twi- uh, Tumblr. Yeah,
3: it wow. was just, just, yeah, and it just did really well, and we were kind of shocked. I remember it hit a million, and we like freaked out. You know, that was huge. That's a mm-hmm. million. Like, a million is such a big number, but when you when songs start to hit that and hit that more often, you kind of you like it loses its feeling kind of Mm. you just want to and that's the i guess the curse of being an artist or a musician is constantly want more i guess yeah but yeah friends definitely blew us up and then i think we were just we just
0: you were also touring heaps right uh
3: last when friends came out we weren't
0: Mm -hmm. but
3: last year yeah we toured we did a 150 odd shows in a year crazy then we were the fifth most touring band or something of the year
0: <laughs> yeah that's like a third of, <laughs> of the whole year you guys are just yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: it's insane but i mean people work more than that like people spend more times than that in a year working in an office so i guess you can't complain mm-hmm. and it's fun it's a fun job yeah it's it tiring and like mentally draining but we get to travel the world and play shows to people who appreciate us as much as we appreciate them mm-hmm.
0: And this is something I always ask shows, but what do you like about Mitchell and Clinton's personalities?
3: Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitchell, Mitchell is very sweet, very loving, very open. Um, yeah, Mitchell's, Mitchell's beautiful, a beautiful person. Just like his parents as well. Mm-hmm. And Clinton, again, is just, just a very loving, very smart... They're both, they're both very, very smart. Uh, Clinton's very loving, very open, very friendly, but just like a very huggable man. Like, he's just. Yeah. He's just like a big old, big old teddy bear.
2: hmm.
3: But yeah, I just love him. I love them both a lot.
0: How has your friendship and, like, kind of, I guess, in business grown with them over time? Uh,
3: business, we never, like, we never fight or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just. And a lot of people and bands that I see go wrong is when they become a band before becoming friends
2: Mm.
3: you know like they go out and they set a goal like let's be a famous band and then they just get, or some guys like I want to be a famous band, Mm -hmm. hires people that he doesn't know and then when people start talking money and business stuff happens it just breaks them up because they can't they don't, it's so different to be working in business together because a band is a business, it's not just guys playing music so we had already grown up together and we were friends. We knew, we knew what we didn't like about each other. We knew what we loved about each other. Mm. So business-wise, it just hasn't really affected anything. We've always been the same. On the road, now that we're more experienced as well, we are with more experience. We understand each other's boundaries when we need each other's space. And, uh, and if we ever do get into little fights, it's always you apologize before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Always make up before you go to bed. That's yeah, all. I love
0: that. Last question: What yeah. would you say have the, been the biggest challenges for Chase Atlantic so far?
3: The biggest challenges.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I think a lot of a lot of people and a lot of companies and stuff, and I think they're afraid of Chase Atlantic. I think that they're scared of some of the things we say and the things we do aren't normal for a band like us and being from Australia. Like what? I don't know, just the, the you know the metaphoric drug references, oh, yeah. the swearing. I think people get a little bit scared and frightened and they're not really willing. And also the music is just really different, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, and when people when people don't know what they're listening to or they don't know what it is and they can't put it in a box or they can't compare it to something else, it scares them. So that I feel like that's been um we've been overlooked a lot by a lot of people.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: we're very we persevere and we always get through. That and visa stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> Coming to America and trying to get that—that's. Sh- oh, <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> I guess done. it's
0: on brand <laughs> <though>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That stuff is really tough. The visas is not easy. It's not just you can't just pack up and say oh, I'm going to America. Here I, yeah. Here I come. I'm going to go work there. You get arrested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So that's tough. And then like yeah, I guess just money's always a tough thing, but. Mm-hmm. We don't really care too much about that.
0: How about your personal challenges?
3: Personal challenges? Like just me.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, I think being away from my family,
2: mm-hmm.
3: like my, my, it's my brother's birthday today, which is oh. 30th today. Wow. So it sucks that I'm not there. Uh, it was my grandma's 90th, like a week ago. It definitely, um, definitely sucks not being there with my family.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I also really, really love freshwater like where I'm, where I'm from, Yeah, it's a beautiful place, and also like as soon as I finished high school and I just started to make like a really good group of friends who I really appreciate, I kind of left to go do this, and that sucks, they're always, they're, they're always, it's really good to whenever I go see them, but you know, I wish I got to spend a bit more time with friends and family, for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think that's a personal challenge.
0: Yeah, this is awesome, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you,
3: good luck with the with the Clinton. <laughs> much of a
0: talker <laughs> Hi, and now I'm with Clinton Hi, how are you
2: doing?
0: Really <laughs> good So actually at what age did you pick up the saxophone? Oh,
4: ah, uh, so I was in 5th grade mm-hmm. in primary school I think I wanted to do music so it was one of those things where you kind of go in for like an interview or something as a kid and for some reason the music te- teacher can just be like hey you're playing this instrument now. I think he just pretty much wanted to assign instruments to, to make a band out, oh. of, out of small children. Sounds really sus, but <laughs> anyway, I guess I was given the saxophone um, and it just worked for me. Like, I, I felt like I could be expressive on it. and
0: That's so rare that the first instrument you picked up, it was like, you're like, yeah, this is this is
4: me. I, I, yeah, it is rare. I feel like I stu- it could have been another instrument and it still would have probably worked mm. out, but saxophone's cool it had like opportunity for like jazz, you know, classical music and i don't know, it just worked out, maybe it was meant to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And were you were you playing orchestra or
4: yeah, I was like kid. I was a uh, I was in a concert band to start with. Yeah. And then moved into orchestra where saxophone actually isn't really built for orchestra, but mm-hmm. they managed to find me parts. And then I actually ended up playing bassoon for a bit oh, wow. in the orchestra and the oboe which is really weird. They're really weird instruments. So I don't recommend, <laughs> so, I don't recommend playing sh- the bassoon. Sh- as really a, it's, it's stupidly big. <laughs> it sounds pretty stupid. It's hard to play. But yeah, I, I just did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I was classically trained in saxophone, so I, I think I reached like, the highest level of like classical yeah. saxophone. You know, like all the scales and all the mm-hmm. notes.
0: So how many years total until you reached that level?
4: I think it was like five years or six years or something like that. That's pretty fast yeah thank you um, yeah I guess yeah just leveling up each year as I went through high school then mm-hmm. realizing it's not anything. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I should have been improvising more and making music that I wanted to hear and and play music that I wanted to play, but that's part of growing up. Mm-hmm. it got my skills up and I, I can't complain um, yeah, I yeah. guess now I'm just trying my best to be able to play that thing i have mm-hmm. no idea what i'm doing every day so. yeah
0: did you have any favorite composers back then
4: wow um i think so <laughs> <laughs> I, I i really have blocked this like part of my brain out of my life really like, why so my life i've blocked this part of my life out of my brain i what i meant to say yeah i don't know I'm, I'm not on purpose i just it wasn't like overly flattering or inspiring so Yeah, I I guess I mean growing up, like there was a few composers like we played like the the 1912 overture stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That was cool to play in orchestra. There'd be like a big cannon drum that that, like hit real loud, and I was like, that's pretty sick. Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, I honestly can't remember names though. I've I've really tried to focus on you know music production after that, and Mm -hmm. I guess I just grew away from that whole thing.
0: So then you you were producing on your computer, right? Yeah. At what age was that?
4: I think the age of 15, maybe mm-hmm. I started. I started like, off well, 14, 15, I, I picked up Logic. And you know, I had some friends that sang. Decided to try and record vocals one day, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Put it on YouTube, made a fool of ourselves. <laughs> but we got a little bit of a following back then, and it was cool. But yeah, I guess at a young age, the whole production thing was just really intriguing to me
2: mm-hmm.
4: and to us that we did that, yeah.
0: How would you describe your personality back then growing up?
4: I was a loser. <laughs> Still am. No, uh, I was pretty, I'm pretty shy. Um, people think maybe I was like, in a way intimidating, but I was just, I'm just shy, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Quiet to myself, I overthink things. My personality back then was definitely not as developed as now, I guess, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um... Even now, it's still not great, but i <laughs> are you know, working on it every day. Uh, I was just—I was a little nerd. Mm-hmm. I was actually a swimmer as well, though, so I was like a nerd athlete.
0: Yeah, well, that's crazy because then you're doing like so much training, and then always just like practicing your instrument. Yeah, like, that's your whole time. So, is, like gone So you, now.
4: you wake up at like 4:30 in the morning, where you go training for like two and a half hours, go to school, try not to fall asleep, play like your lunch times in the orchestra and the concert band. Mm-hmm. And then back to swimming training at like 3.30 in the afternoon. Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, you must have been really good then, competing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You have the height and everything. I I
4: got to like national level, I I guess. No way. And Australia is a very fast swimming country. I
0: know, it's so competitive. So
4: like when we did like our state title championships, we would have like, you know, like England, Japan, China, USA that all come just to compete like locally. And I was like, what? It's pretty much the Olympics at this point. Like, this yeah.
0: Time. Did you ever think of taking it seriously? You mm. could have joined the Olympics, right?
4: Yeah. I, I mean, I was getting there. Like, eventually, if I kept working, I was a bit of a late bloomer as well. Mm-hmm. So I had to like try a little bit harder because my body wasn't as like developed as some of the other big boys. Who we were, we were very quick at... <laughs> most of them is like they're very quick at developing. Like they went through puberty very fast. Yeah. So, and I feel like I don't know. I, I always had to like catch up to them and. Try harder. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. I like just something is just constant up and down, up and down. And yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I could have continued it, but I realized it's not what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. This and is
4: much more rewarding as a musician than yeah. being an artist, I think creatively.
0: And did you also go to uni? College? Yes. Yeah. What did you study? Digital audio? Yeah. Well, I don't know what you studied.
4: He did the same thing as I did. Uh, we did um, a okay. so bachelor of music technology. Yeah at the Griffith uh, Conservatorium of Music in Brisbane.
0: hmm <coughs> yeah, I actually you a lot with your looking back.
4: Uh the actual course itself I probably didn't pay attention enough or learn a whole lot from. But I think it gave us the time to focus on what we wanted to do. And even like if you study something you're focusing your time on that so you learn either regardless like through the internet by yourself or
2: Yeah.
4: It was just good to have that time to practice the, the craft and I actually nearly finished the course. I think I'm like one, one class away from no, graduating
0: that's so close. with a
4: degree. But yeah, I, mean, I don't know I can't do it. <laughs> so if they're watching this, uh, I'll do like a little thing where I could like sign off those last five credit points, and <laughs> you can like say, you Griffith graduate." Yeah. <laughs> records in in studio in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, be sick. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I know you guys have had like really difficult visa issues. So how did you work through huh? that?
4: Donald Trump. <laughs> Was that, that how we work around it?
0: Well, like, how, no, how did you even get through it?
4: Um, I guess being with a label mm-hmm. is as is a good sponsor and having yeah. like great management. They help like with your case. You have to apply for like a case
2: mm-hmm. to
4: prove that you're a real person, not like a a terrorist or something like that. Yeah, terrible. But I uh, know we've been luckily like fortunate enough to have good company and work with good companies that have been able to look after us.
0: And it clicked to you that you kind of hit the ceiling in Australia during that time or?
4: Like uh, like in the music industry? Yeah.
0: Like are already playing the biggest venues or
4: <laughs> No we didn't we didn't go crazy big in Australia before we left. We kept it pretty casual. Um, I don't think we could do anything at the time. We weren't like a massive band. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah Australia is very limited in, in terms of market and the industry and You know, we love Australia. It's not that we betrayed Australia or anything like that. We we want to go back to Australia, you know, and play some really big shows, some cool shows for everyone. Mm -hmm. We just knew that we had to, like, get our foot off the ground and make the move here business-wise. And I guess, look, we'll always return to Australia, and that'll be our home. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, getting over here has always been a bit difficult financially and, and with visas, but we've always just worked around it. It's meant to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then when so you formally moved here, right? <laughs>
4: yes, <so. laughs> I think we have How enough. Long ago? Of, I think we have enough of a case now to apply for like a like a long-term visa. Mm-hmm. So we, you could almost call us residents now. Yeah. But How
0: long uh, ago was that?
4: I think our first trip here was like nearly four years ago. Three, yeah. and a, three and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a long time. I'm mm-hmm. Getting pretty old. Yeah. Got a lot of grey hair. We <laughs> should have dyed that before I went on
0: camera. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) So how did you meet Black Bear? Black Bear? Yeah Uh, I don't know
4: (laughs) I'm trying to remember I know that we met Mike Posner because he came into the studio one day and we Mm -hmm. recorded a song with him, we wrote a song with him It never got released because we weren't like finished with it or happy with it but I knew that he knew about us at that point because of that maybe he knew about us before because of online music, I have no idea Mm -hmm. But. I guess he just. It made sense for us to tour with him in Australia when he was doing his Australian tour. Mm-hmm. Because I guess we're a Australian band and it just it made sense, the music. Yeah. So we got to hang out with him on that tour a little bit and he was a cool guy. And then his tour manager we met in Australia as well. His name's Riley. We were actually at his birthday party last night. Oh, nice. I'm sure anyone's watching would know Riley. He's an artist now as well. A very, uh. Very experienced guy with great lyric content, great pop music, um, and we've become good friends with him. He tour managed us for, oh, okay. for a few tours, you know, and then I guess through that, it's all just a very close circle of people and friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, we're we like we, we're not like on a day-to-day basis with Blackbear or anything like that. He does his own thing, but mm-hmm. I think he's a cool guy.
0: How did Warp Tour happen?
4: Oh, jeez. <laughs> Got got roped into that one. No, <laughs> uh, I guess John and Benji have always had such a big pause. Good Charlotte would walk tour. Yeah, and they knew as a band if we did walk tour, we could pretty much get through anything. So mm-hmm. they said, look, just do it, boys. And we did it. And it was tough. It was hot. We nearly died like multiple times. Oh my but gosh. We got through it, and that's the main thing. Um, but yeah, I just came up because John and Benji were like, look, you boys, you have to do this tour. I'm like, okay, we're doing it. <laughs> there was no way out of it. We literally were like, uh The good news is though, we met a lot of cool people. Mm-hmm. We met, uh, well, Dom, Youngblood. Young uh, he lived in Abbas with us for half of the warp Tour. That was a lot of energy. He's a crazy guy. <laughs> I love him. He's a really cool guy, but he's crazy. <laughs> um,
0: How has your um, relationship with Good Charlotte grown over time?
4: Uh... The whole band, they're lovely dudes. We we don't get to hang out with the whole band, because uh, a few of the members do live in different cities. Mm-hmm. But we're really, really good friends. Um, and obviously Joel and Benji, we see all the time working directly with them. So our relationship now is like family. It's like, yeah, we're part of their personal life. And they're part of our lives in a big way.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So like brothers now, the older brothers.
0: Yeah. What is it like now being part of their label? Because before you were like, independent or like with Warner and everything, has it changed?
4: Um, we're just learning now that no matter what we do business-wise, yes, it might be financially different or you might be able to promote certain things better. Mm -hmm. Which we still haven't had a big opportunity to do yet because we've always had like a small budget. Um, but we're learning that we're doing it all ourselves no matter what. It's still our music, we're producing it, um, no one's telling us what music to make, which is really good. Yeah. Joel and Benji make a good point of like, keeping us very creatively open. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to work with these companies because they definitely do help, uh, like supporting like, like to get here for instance. Yeah. Like people probably think because we've had a few streams now that things are going really well. And they are, but financially it's still a struggle to tour that much and, Mm -hmm. you know, live. Yeah. We're at a point now where the tours are actually starting to make sense. Mm -hmm. And we might turn around some small profit, but I guess that the companies do help a lot in that aspect in like advancing costs to live, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we get to do our own thing regardless. So it's still us. We haven't changed musically or as people. Yeah. We just get to do our thing, which is awesome.
0: What's the inspiration behind Don't Try This?
4: Don't do it. I don't know. <laughs> Literally, uh, we, we were on tour so much that we, you know, we try to get a bunch of songs together, and we realised, because because when you're in when you're in tour mode, you're hyped up. Your central nervous system's hyped up. Everything's like through the roof. Your senses are overloading. Your anxiety's higher, but yeah. more manageable because the shows give you confidence. I guess in a way. Mm-hmm. Um. So for us, we put a bunch of songs together, and those ones stood out the most to us as being, I guess, cool and energetic at the time. The lyrics are quite uh, crass, which is actually Christian's nickname, but um, <laughs> they're very, like, out there, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. M- Mitchell wrote pretty much all of these lyrics in his EP, and he was in, a, I guess, a crazy place as well, touring so much. Mm-hmm. Made him go a little bit crazy. But it's one of those boys of work that it's cool to look back at and let go like, wow, I can't believe they went so rogue at this point in their lives. <laughs> they really like went rogue on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the inspiration is just crazy lifestyle. I think touring so much and you know like constant adrenaline, like lows and highs, and there's not a lot of time to be sad and like mope about it when you're on tour. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you when we're in album mode, which I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say or not, but... Yeah,
2: I was
0: gonna I ask mean, you I mean, there know, really fuck, everyone
4: knows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you're in album mode, you have time to, you know, lay down your emotions, come up with more substantial, meaningful songs.
0: Mhm. And it, what's your inspiration for that? For the album? Yeah.
4: Ooh. I mean, look, these are really Mitchell questions, but I could still answer them. Um, mm-hmm. I guess lifestyle still is important, but... Dealing with emotions and depression, anxiety, you know, just stuff people can, like, relate to. Want to make good music that people can escape to, and, and that's what everyone says, I guess, but... Uh,
0: <laughs> so you don't write much? You're mostly, like, um, doing the audio? Produce. So,
4: so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down, like, Mitchell's been doing this album, and Christian and I will sit down and, and guide him through his lyric process, and mm. if something's weird, we'll tell him, or... Like you know, will give like ideas or influences, but uh, for me, I'm I'm a very technical, hands-on person. So I'm sitting there thinking, "Wow, his voice sounds weird. This mic's like not working properly, (laughs) or like the tones off, or you need to like sing with more." Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm like the sound guy, I guess, Mm -hmm. in that way.
0: How do you say your music has changed compared to the early early songs you made?
4: Um, it's I think it's hard to. I feel like there's definitely obviously a better, like the, the, as musicians we've developed and we're getting better every day, but you, when you do it for this long I guess, it's not even that long for us, it's been like five, six years, but
2: mm-hmm.
4: when you start out you're very inspired because you you know, you want to like do anything, you're like, this is a crazy world, I can't believe this. And now it's like, we know what we're doing, we still need to find that inspiration I think, it's a bit harder to do it because... I don't know. It's like you ever like look at someone like an actor, or you think they're so cool, and then you meet them, you're like, oh, they're just a person. It's like I don't know. I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. Yeah. But
2: I love it though. Yeah, I'm
4: really, I'm really in my own head right now. We like, we've been locked in a studio for like three weeks. <laughs> forgotten how to like speak to anyone. Oh um, the inspiration though is always just everywhere, I guess. <laughs> <So> <laughs> fuck, that's vague as hell. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you answered my question. I hope I did. Yeah, last question. What do you want Chase Atlantic to be remembered for?
4: I can say so many stupid things. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I could tell from your first reaction. <laughs> you're like,
4: <laughs> I want to be remembered for making great quality music. Mm-hmm. And that's. I think that's it. I, I think, regardless if we're setting like a social standard or. Telling people to rebel, which we're not that political as a band. We like to just make great music. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. If it's good music, people will listen to it. It's like the weekend. I don't think he has a, like an agenda to like be political or anything like that. It's just good music, and like you see the masses draw to it. Like it's you can't deny good music, and I think that's all we want to be able to do. Is yeah. Make good quality stuff that will always back us up. You know.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much.
4: <laughs> I'm so weird in front of a camera. Oh
2: no. Bye guys. Thank you.